morning and welcome to another show of the Health Zone. I'm Hall, and I'll be with you for the next hour. Check out and like our Facebook page on www.facebook.com forward slash the Health Zone show. Well, this week we have a very exciting lineup in store for you. We'll be talking with Bella Hancock from West Cork. We'll be telling us about West Cork's first ever yoga festival. And yoga teacher and teacher trainer, Charlie Stevens, will be talking to us all about yoga, what it is and how you could benefit your life. Lastly, we'll be listening to an interview I did with Tibetan Buddhist master, Ringo Tulku Rinpoche, who will be chatting to us all about meditation, Tibetan medicine and happiness. But before all of that, let's listen to the one and only, the Gypsy Kings with Bem Bem Maria.
Adventures offer the widest range of outdoor adventure activities in Munster. We have the activity for you or your group with adventures on both land and water. Kayaking, surfing, archery, hill walking, rock climbing, abseiling and stand-up paddleboarding are just some of the activities on offer. Only 15 minutes from Cork, we cater for individual or group bookings. Find us on Facebook or for a full list of adventure activities, check out ardmoreadventures.ie. Life's an adventure, so let's live it. to the health zone well that was Bem Bem Maria with the Gypsy Kings check out and like our Facebook page on www.facebook.com forward slash the health zone show to stay updated on all things health related if you'd like to listen to this week's podcast of the, the show it will be uploaded later on on www.mixcloud.com forward slash the health zone recently I was talking with Bella Hancock all from West Cork about West Cork's first ever yoga festival Here's what she had to say about the festival. So tell me, Bella, what is the West Cork Yoga Festival? The Yoga Festival is a three-day gathering of yoga, meditation, movement, healing, all things yoga in the beautiful setting of West Cork down near Baldy Hub. Um, it will offer an opportunity for people to immerse themselves in the practice, philosophy and expression of yoga and we'll hold a safe place to relax, unwind, connect, and most of all, have fun, is what we're hoping, anyway. Um, it's going to be set at Ansanctor, which is a very beautiful, um, natural uh, environment. There's a holistic community centre there, and there's 30 acres of natural land and a sculpture trail. And The idea came, well, there was kind of two strands. Um, it grew out of a day that we organised um, last October in 2014, which was a fundraising day in West Cork, um, in Ansanctor, to raise money for a project based in Amman in Jordan that was that I was involved with, um, teaching yoga to refugees there and um, people who'd been through war and displacement, and we wanted to bring yoga as a psychosocial support. So what happened was a whole group of yoga teachers in the area all joined together and offered classes in one day and we had a great diversity of classes and everybody came and we raised lots of money and people had a wonderful time and tried things that they hadn't tried before in the yoga um, practice and, uh, and it was so successful we thought let's you know let's offer this as a three day festival let's create a West Cork yoga festival um, and so that's where it kind of the seed of it came from and alongside that was also the feeling that we really because there's such a richness and diversity of yoga here in West Cork there's so many teachers exploring different um, strands of yoga that we really wanted to put West Cork on the map as a place where people could come and experience the diversity that is yoga and it's such a peaceful, beautiful part of the world and, um, and we have all these wonderful yoga teachers here. What could somebody expect from attending the festival? Um, well, 
First of all, lots of yoga. Um, we've got over 22 different teachers coming to just to, to offer yoga classes and talks, meditations, um, pranayam, you know, all kinds of aspects of yoga. There will be different styles. There'll be hatha yoga, ashtanga yoga, vinyasa flow, uh, scaravelli, acro yoga, ayenga, womb yoga for women, meditations, uh, yoga nidra, you know, great diversity of practice. Um, there'll also be classes, you know, there'll be others, oh, Thai yoga, massage as well, partner yoga. There'll also be, you know, some advanced classes, some intermediate, some gentle, and we've tried to very much timetable things so there's something for everybody at all times. So there might be something very gentle at the same time, there's a very strong practice happening. So, um, and alongside all that, of course, we've got, you know, movement and dance and kirtan, which is beautiful devotional singing practice. We've got, you know, a barefoot boogie to have fun and let our hair down. Is it all about yoga, Bella? Is it all about something more there? Um, well, it depends what you, how you call yoga, what you call yoga. But I suppose it's all in the spirit of yoga. It's all rooted in yoga. Um, it, you know, there will be other other disciplines if you want to call them that we're going to have um, five rhythms dance for example we're going to have kirtan like I said the singing um, we're going to have a barefoot boogie we're going to be having hopefully some contact improvisation movement um, there will be talks there'll be meditative contemplative practice for people who like that there'll be kids activities yoga it, it will all be held very much in the spirit of yoga and in and whatever is happening will be with the the kind of background awareness i suppose that this is a practice this is a, a you know a practice that can uh, you know help you to feel more unity with yourself and with other people and with life and so whether it's dancing wildly or drumming or um, you know doing a headstand or doing a very gentle breathing practice you know that sense of connecting to yourself really is what what yoga is hopefully about and you know and having fun one of my teachers always said you know if it isn't fun it isn't yoga That was Charlie Stevens. He always says that. Great, <laughs> if it's like not that. young, if it's not fun, it's not yoga. Who is the festival open to? Like, do you, do you need to be a yoga yogi to do it, or, or is it open to anybody? No, it's open to everybody and anybody, um, all ages. We'll have some kids' activities. We'll have kids and family yoga, craft activities for children. So families are really welcome. Um, you don't have to be an experienced yogi or yogini to come. You could have done no yoga in your life ever before, and you'd be really welcome. Um, so there will be practices very suitable for beginners. Um, all the teachers are very experienced in dealing with, you know, people of all levels of experience in their practice. So um, everybody will be accommodated within every situation. Obviously, some of the classes will be more ex more for more experienced practitioners, but there will always be something on offer for those who have less experience. And alongside that, we're going to have, you know, a lovely cafe and a kind of chill-out area and um, a chai stall with, with a big teepee so people can kind of hang out and, and meet and share and, you know, have satsang, you know, sharing together. So that's all part of yoga as well. So it's suitable for everybody and we really want to welcome everybody, you know. 
And finally, Bella, like, if people want to get tickets for the event, then how can they do it? Um, we're selling tickets online, so the best thing is to log on to the festival website, which is www.westcorkyogafestival.ie. On that website, that gives you, there's everything you need to know. There's timetable, there's teacher profiles, um, there's frequently asked questions like, should I bring a tent? Do I need a torch? You know, do I bring my own yoga mat? All that kind of stuff. And there's a link for buying your ticket online. So we're only selling tickets through the website at the moment. Um, and we're selling full weekend tickets, and they're 120 euros, and that includes your camping and all workshops, talks, meditations, everything. If you've an injury from sports, work, or life in general, at Cork Sports Injury Clinic, we have a range of treatments to help relieve your pain. Not all injuries are related to sports, but the treatment for many of life's aches and pains are the same. Just some of our treatments include deep tissue massage, dry needling, spinal adjustment, cupping and ultrasounds. To find out how Cork Sports Injury Clinic can help you, contact us on 087 7427654 or check out our website at www.corksic.ie Cork Sports Injury Clinic providing quality treatment that will have you back in the game. Are you young, creative and in need of an outlet? Rebel XL are a youth filmmaking, sound mixing and production group. We are looking to give young Cork artists the chance to share their talent and get the recognition they deserve. Rebel XL are looking for young, creative people to get involved in the group, whether you're a filmmaker, DJ, in a band or a photographer. Make your talent known and like Rebel XL's Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Rebel XL, E-X-E-L, giving your talent a voice. UCC Language Centre provides language courses for students whose first language is not English. Located on the ground floor of the O'Rahilly Building on the main campus, we provide full and part-time English language courses as well as SELSA teacher training courses all year round. Translation and interpreting services are also available along with free access to our language laboratories. Why not avail of our special offer? Just mention UCC 98.3 FM when making your booking and receive 10% off any part-time English language course. UCC Language Centre provides learning and support to UCC staff and students and the wider Cork community. For inquiries, please email info at langcent.ucc.ie or call 
We're talking with yoga teacher and teacher trainer, Charlie Stevens. Good morning, Charlie. Morning, Miho. How are you? I'm well, thank you. That's yeah. great. Not quite sure how or why, but <laughs> exactly. I feel well. That's good, that's <laughs> good. So, uh, so tell me, Charlie, what is yoga? Oh, what a big question. Uh, well, the meaning of the word means union or to join together, um, which of course implies that there's something which is separate in us and so yoga generally it's translated as meaning union or harmony or something like that that's the basic meaning of the word and then so there's a what you might call a state of yoga which is that state of harmony but then there's also the practice of yoga which is can be various different things which bring about or help to bring that state of ease in myself. And where does it come from, Charlie? <laughs> well, it comes from us. It comes out of human beings. It, uh, I was thinking about it on the way up here, and of course there's always been people who've had this sense of integration in their lives or in their whole lives. It's not something that's exclusive to one particular place. I was thinking of people in this country who are still here and who have been here who feel completely integrated in themselves but what's come to be known as yoga now is something that was originated in India in parts of India and Pakistan and the earliest references are about 5,000 years ago what's the science behind it the science um well, the science, I suppose, you, you, if you talk about science, then you're talking about you do something or you have a, a hypothesis which you do something and it creates a certain result. So some people describe yoga as a science and more recently people have been doing tests and experiments with people who practice yoga to see what happens in their bodies and in their brains. So this is fairly new, uh, but... Some people call it an art as well, the art of yoga. Um, but we're finding now, we, human beings, are finding that the practice of yoga actually changes the shape of the nervous system. So it does make a difference and it can be measurable. We were one of the first people who actually brought yoga to Ireland. And like, How come you started learning yoga yourself, Charlie? Uh, again, it's a long story, Michal, because <laughs> I'm 68 years old. You, you don't uh, have to <laughs> And we don't have much time. Uh, uh, I don't know how much time I have. Um, uh, I was like many people in the 60s and 70s. I, I was given a book. And uh, do you remember books? I before, do, yeah, yeah. Before videos and <laughs> YouTube and stuff. So I started from a book and I was coming out of a kind of toxic situation, really, uh, with lots of uh, drugs and not a healthy style of living at all in the 60s out of London. So I got this book and loved it and began a, a journey from there. Um then I went to every possible yoga thing that I could and then trained to teach and then trained to train teachers. We're taught to asanas, but that's only one part of yoga, isn't it? Yes, asana is, is only... It's become... There's been a lot of emphasis on, on asana in this... on postures on, in this part of the world, in the Western world, 
maybe it's because we needed to get in touch with our bodies more perhaps than people in the east uh, because asana really helps to integrate the body mind together from bottom up but also top down as they say so they're very useful but if we look at the traditional texts of yoga we see there's very little uh, actually written about asana but it's become important now I know there's eight limbs to yoga, isn't there? Yeah. But what are the eight limbs, Sherry? Well, the eight limbs are, again, we, we, you know, I'm only a beginner. Uh, you need 30 years. Um, I've been at it for a while. But the, the, the eight limbs are, they're pointers to living well, I would call them. So there are, there are some sort of, things like non like the primary one for instance that right at the beginning is non-violence now that's huge just non-violent how can i live without being violent to myself and therefore not violent to another to 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 not judge myself strongly to not beat myself up or and then not to beat other people up this is a huge thing just this very first thing non-violence and then there's things like cleanliness and then there's it, it, then there's how to how to be with each other, how to not take from others these kind of things, and then there's meditation, there's breath work, there's concentration and meditation, and these things are very important. And I, I know you just touched on breath work there, Charlie. And yeah, like how important is breath for our health? Well, I, of course, if you stop breathing. <laughs> exactly, like, the three minutes, I think? <laughs> it's, it's fairly important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I suppose in yoga, what, what we learn is the quality of the breath is so important. And mm. that in most of the t- spiritual traditions, we find that breath awareness, and of course nowadays with mindfulness, uh, there's a lot of uh, attention on breath awareness, on the way we breathe, but also that, breath is a link between the conscious and the unconscious it's usually unconscious but when we make the breath conscious it brings me right up here into the now into the present moment and this is where life is this is where all life is so breath work is really important in yoga we can also learn to slow the breath right down which has an immediate effect on the nervous system which calms the nerves lowers the blood pressure and allows us to be somewhat quiet within ourselves I heard there recently was it that if you do yoga you live longer like, is this true or I'll tell you later <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. uh, I, I don't know whether that's true or not uh, there, there are because did people have birth certificates you know I don't know uh it, I think it's more really about the quality of our lives rather than the length of it. Um, but I think it's possible that we, if our nervous system is relatively calm, that we may live longer than we might if we didn't practice yoga. But I don't know how much testing has been done on that. Yoga is very good for stress, but why is it very good for stress? Um, it's very good for stress because... I found myself that when I stretch my body in asana, for instance, you can str- you can become aware of the tensions in your body. You can find them, you can explore them, and then you can bring your awareness into that stressful point. You might be able to stretch 
and find the stress and then you can release the stress through those practices or through meditation when I sit still I'm able to connect with oh yeah I'm holding in my shoulder wait a minute that's interesting maybe yeah, just take a breath into that oh yeah okay I can let that go this is how we can work with this with this mindful awareness and what kind of yoga do you teach yourself Charlie um, well, I'm not teaching much yoga these days but mm. um, with my partner and colleague Marion Gabriel we developed a, a style of yoga which we called contemporary yoga where we wanted to bring some aspects of modern psychology and psychotherapeutic thinking into yoga because for me there was a, a piece which was missing in the way I'd been taught which was to do with the relational and that's a very important part of life of course is how we relate to each other here and how we relate to our families and those around us uh, of course how I relate to myself we might say as well but the relational part seemed to be missing for me in the way I was taught so we tried to bring in something of that and to explore the process the inner process of what happens when I practice yoga and how I can bring my process into yoga practice as well so both sides one of our listeners know they want to get involved in yoga is there a particular type of yoga that would be a good yoga to start off with or? I, th I think you really if you're, if you're wanting to start I think it's good to go to different teachers at the beginning find out somebody that you feel connected with that, that it's important the relationship again the relational like how do I feel when I'm sitting with this teacher am I intimidated do I feel friendly do I feel cared for am I treated as an individual those are the things that would be important I think that there's a connection with the teacher and can connect to connection with the particular style of yoga and it's different for different people I know like India is very big for yoga and I heard recently actually there's a, a minister for yoga now actually in India yes <laughs> I wonder if we're going to get one here I wonder like you know would you like to apply for the job why not like, like yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> uh, I heard there's a good pension out of it <laughs> <laughs> you'd live a long time though. exactly exactly <laughs> you're actually giving a talk down in the West Crock Yoga Festival as well Charlie and yes. what's that talk going to be about or? Um, well I'm going to see what people want that's the first thing from the mm. talk but the focus is on this text of yoga called the Yoga Sutra or Yoga Sutras uh, which is a very old text it's around the time of Buddha 500 BC and it's got a lot of similarities with Buddhist teachings and I'm going to be exploring that with some people and um, asking the question, some of the questions that you ask yourself, what is yoga, what, what it's about, and doing some kind of inquiry with people there around that. What is the purpose of yoga? Uh, well, <laughs> happiness? How about that? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, and happiness is not just an end in itself, but something that can be here now. Like if someone wanted to say start doing yoga like what's the best way to go about it I always go to teachers and stuff like this but is there anything else they could be doing themselves or um, I think well, of course there's a lot of videos and information out there these days so start your exploration there but find a good teacher that's really important uh, someone that you feel safe with I think safety is very important um, there's lots of books and videos and talks online you just have to shop around a bit so we want to contact you to find out more about what yeah. you do like how could they do it or um, 
Well, I do, because I work as a psychotherapist, I have a website, which is psychotherapycork.com, and Contemporary Yoga has a website as well, which is contemporaryyoga.com. So those are the two links. Thanks so much for coming today. I really enjoyed it. I did too. Yeah, well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. To be here. Thanks very much. Hello, doors. Exactly. UCC. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks, Charlie. Well, uh, that was yoga teacher and teacher trainer Charlie Stevens talking to us all today about yoga. Well, don't go away because up next I'll be playing an interview I did with Tibetan Buddhist master Ringo Tulku Rinpoche all about meditation, Tibetan medicine, and happiness. But before all of that, let's listen to the one and only Jack John. Johnson with banana pancakes. Well, can't you see that it's just raining? There ain't no need to go outside. But baby, you hardly even notice when I try to show you. Song is meant to keep you doing what you're supposed to. Waking up too early, maybe we could sleep. Make you banana pancakes, pretend like it's the weekend now. And we could pretend it all the time. And can't you see that it's just raining? There ain't no need to go outside. But just maybe like a ukulele, mama made a baby. Really don't mind the practice, cause you're my little lady. Lady, lady, love me Cause I love to lay you lazy We could close the curtains Pretend like there's no world outside Then we could pretend it all the time, love And can't you see that it's just raining There ain't no need to go outside Ain't no need, ain't no need Can't you see, can't you see Rain all day and I don't mind But the telephone singer ringing It's too early, don't pick it up We don't need to, we got everything we need Right here and everything we need is enough Just so easy when the whole world fits inside of your arms Slow. But baby, you hardly even notice When I try to show you this Song is meant to keep you from doing what you're supposed to Waking up too early, maybe we could sleep Make you banana pancakes, pretend like it's the weekend now And we could pretend it all the time Can't you see that it's just raining? There ain't no need to go outside. Ain't no need, ain't no need. Rain all day and I really, really, really don't mind. Can't you see, can't you see? You gotta wake up slow. Ditch the workout and... 
and join the party. Come along to Zumba with D and shake that booty. Exercise has never been so much fun. Zumba fuses many styles of dance such as salsa, merengue, hip-hop, sangra and reggaeton. Zumba with D, Tuesday evenings at Northside Fitness Club, Ballyvalan Industrial Estate from 7 to 8pm and Thursdays at Clohean Community Centre, Kerry Pike, 7 to 8pm. Sign up or avail of pay-as-you-go classes. Excellent rates available and all levels welcome, including beginners. Find Zumba D on Facebook or call 086-7717-310. Zumba D, it's fun, it's fitness, it's Zumba. to the health zone check out and like our facebook page on www.facebook.com forward slash the health zone show our podcast of this week's show will be uploaded later on today on www.mixcloud.com forward slash the health zone recently i chatted with tibetan buddhist master ringu tulku rinpoche all about meditation tibetan medicine and happiness some of the interview will be broadcasted today and the rest of the interview will be uploaded as a podcast later on today. Here's the interview. I hope you enjoy it. Today I'm talking with Tibetan Buddhist master of the Kagyu order, Ringo Tolki Rinpoche. Hello, Rinpoche. Hello. Uh, so tell me, Rinpoche, I heard you're called the storytelling lama. Would you have any interesting story to tell us? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. I have, uh, I've been writing uh, uh, children's books. You know, I was uh, <clears throat> when I was seventeen. I was appointed as the the textbook writer uh, in Sikkim for Tibetan uh, language, uh, and to write textbooks for the schools, and then to um, also collect uh, folk tales of Sikkim. So then, I, for eight years, I worked in this uh, collecting stories and uh, um, writing uh, small textbooks from for the schools. Uh, so you know, uh, it was very nice also, and <laughs> I I learned some some stories and things like that, which I find very useful when we you know when we try to explain something then you remember a story and then to kind of put that in that context helps to make it clear I know you've met the Dalai Lama on a number of occasions is that correct Rinpoche? Uh, yes actually I <coughs> I have translated for him uh, mm. in Nepali language uh, for two uh, Kala Chakra empowerments in Sikkim and uh, Darjeeling What kind of person is he? Well, well, when I'm, <laughs> I'm translating, I'm not like uh, always time with him. But he, Dalai Lama, is a very, uh, very kind person, uh, but also very, very clear, and uh, I think no hanky panky. Yeah, you have to <laughs> very, <laughs> very kind of uh, clear, and uh, you know. He's uh, 
very direct. He is very direct, and uh, he doesn't think about uh, you know. He is thinking about the big issues, so therefore he is uh, you know. He doesn't like people playing with uh, you know a little bit of you know, small things and you know like emotions and things like that. <laughs> uh, but um, he's uh, always thinking about the the good of uh, majority and uh, uh, how to bring uh, best in the people and use how to use the teachings in such a way that uh, it would um, it would be suitable and beneficial to the people i think something like that tell me maybe a little about you know your formal education my formal education has been a little strange because um, i i had a kind of a buddhist education but it was not it was not sometimes a little bit formal, sometimes not formal. You know, it's a, it's a, the old system and new system kind of a little bit mixed up. Uh, I went to a school um, called Young Lama's Home School uh, when I was like nine years old in India, which was set up by an English lady called Mrs. Freda Bedi. Uh, and uh, there, uh, that was a school for uh, what we call the Tulkus, you know, uh, reincarnate lamas, the lamas who are recognized as the the reincarnation of some other lama, you know, and from all schools of Tibetan Buddhism. And there we, uh, I stayed two years, and uh, that's where I started to learn English also, and you know, uh, and then I went to, I studied in uh, in Sikkim. There is a <coughs> Uh, Namjal Institute of Tibetology. There's a there's an institute uh, called Tibetology on Tibetology studies, uh, which was set up by the government of Sikkim, government of India, and government of Tibet all together before the Tibet was uh, taken over by Chinese. And there I got a scholarship to study uh, all schools of Tibetan Buddhism as well as uh, you know some modern history and science and you know some modern modern subjects and i studied there as an indian um, you know scholar indian government scholar uh, and after that then uh, his always dalai lama sent me to varanasi to study in this uh, uh, tibetan institute for higher tibetan studies and where i did my uh, <clears throat> masters and also uh, some research work for PhD. And how did you find being in India? Uh, India is uh, <laughs> uh, very nice. <laughs> it's a, it's a, India is a place which is uh, uh, the, you know the worst is the first thing you show, you see. Yeah? Uh, if even, you know, to give an example, even if you go to a shop, 
uh, you would expect that the first thing they display would be the best thing, but it's not like that in India. The first you enter into the shop, and there will be all cheap things and the worst things. And then you ask, you know, do you have something a little bit better? And then they take you into another room inside and show you something better. Then you ask, no, I, I, I want something even better than this. Then you take, they take you into another room inside, and then they show very good ones. That's the characteristic. <laughs> and I once asked, you know, why you do like this? Why don't you show these very nice things outside? They said, no, no, that's not good. Because if people see them, they, they don't buy the cheap ones. <laughs> and most people don't have the money to buy the nice ones. I think it's like that. So you see all the bad things, the first thing. And then you go a little bit deeper, and then you see also very nice things and very valuable things. And, you know, the, so there are lots, you know, that's all kinds of things in India. You know, so, so therefore, if you, if you understand them and go a little deeper, you find all kinds of good things also. It's a very rich culture. It's a very, very rich country and very old country. And, you know, and then all sorts of people. And, uh, and very, um, culturally very free. You, know? uh, you can do anything you like. And they kind of say, oh, it's one of the... <laughs> it's, they have so many different uh, ways and different schools and different religions and different philosophies and different languages and you know, different people with different backgrounds and things like that. So even if you do something totally crazy, they don't think you are crazy. They think you must be another kind of <laughs> style or tradition or something like that. Yeah. Very true. In regard to Buddhism, then, Rinpoche, like, like, what does it mean to be on the Buddhist path? Well, uh, basically, Buddhism is um, uh, sometimes he's always Dalai Lama explains like this. You know, he says there is uh, three things in Buddhism: uh, Buddhist science, Buddhist philosophy, and Buddhist religion. Um, so it's a little bit like that. You know, there's also Buddhist science. There's also Buddhist. Uh, philosophy and Buddhist religion. Uh, but basically, the Buddhism is a very um, human-centric, if you want to call it a religion. Uh, it's all about, you know, it's not about God or Creator. It's about human beings, and not only human beings, but the beings. And uh, how to improve, and how to, you know, how to make us us uh, better? Uh, how to get rid of our problems and sufferings, and how to bring more peace and you know well-being and joy and you know things like that. That's the whole point in Buddhism. How to transform ourselves. So therefore, there's lots of things about how to work on our emotions, our reactions, our habitual tendencies. You know, mm-hmm. that's why. Uh, you know, wisdom, compassion, all these things becomes very important. There's a strong culture of consumerism in the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what does the Buddhist philosophy say on money? Well, uh, there's 
really not not really a philosophy on money, but uh, Buddhism. You know, when Buddha taught, I think there was not much of a money. You know, and even in Tibet, uh, as I know of, you know, when I was born, I was born in Tibet, and we didn't have money. We didn't have any money. It was all kind of butter, and you know. Uh, there was no banks, there was no post office, there was no uh, no shops, uh, so it was very you know <laughs> uh, simple. Uh, I I I would say that uh, <clears throat> from Buddhist point of view, uh, you know, the rich, how rich you are, is not measured by how many things you have or how much you know bank balance you have or how how many properties you have uh, richness is is measured by how satisfied you are uh, so therefore you know uh, important is not about uh, you know how what you have but how you know how you are you know how how happy you are, how contented you are, how satisfied you are. So I think uh, m- more importance is given to that, I think, uh, than, uh, you know, uh, what you have and not have. It is said that meditation is the greatest gift that you can give to yourself in this life. Like, why is this? Well, meditation, not only meditation, but the whole, you know, uh, in Buddhist kind of practice, you have uh, basically uh, three main things. Mm-hmm. One is uh, your kind of conduct, how you how you act with your body, with your speech, with your mind. Uh, what you do, you know, you do something that's that's useful and good for you and good for others and you know making that uh, a habit uh, that becomes one important practice because you know uh, what you become and how you benefit or harm yourself and then other people in the society depends on how you act so this is one one section one practice uh, and in order to to work on that, then uh, also uh, the view means how you see things, mm, how you look at things, how you see things. You know, to 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 understand, to try to understand uh, things in a, as they really are, and you know, try to reflect on them and try to also uh, see what is the effect of your actions. You know. If you do like this, what how it will affect, and so like this, you know, to view is important. And then, because if you want to act in the proper way and the right way with your body, speech, and mind, then uh, you need to work on your your mind because your mind is sometimes too much overpowered by the circumstances and by the emotions, and you know, and so therefore. Uh, if if you don't have any control over that, 
then you cannot do it. So therefore, you need meditation. So meditation is uh, used as a way of kind of uh, making your mind more flexible. We sometimes call it taming the mind. But taming means, you know, that uh, your mind becomes more flexible so that, you know, whatever you want the mind to do, it does it. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, so therefore then you can work a little bit better with, you know, your emotions and, you know, your habits and things like that. So you are not totally, you know, out of control. What is the purpose behind meditation? Well, all of this, the purpose is to to work on, you know, to, to, be, to, to, to be able to uh, transform yourself. You, know, you become a better person. You become a happier person. You know how to deal with anything that comes uh, in, you know, in your life or in your you know, situation. Uh, so that you, know, you become, uh, you can be in, uh, in peace and joy, uh, even if you know, circumstances are very disturbing. Do you think that's possible? Well, the thing is like this, you know, the, uh, the life, uh, in the life, uh, lots of things uh, <clears throat> happen as you want it, but lots of things happen not as you want it. <laughs> yeah? And uh, you cannot always control and, you know, have always the thing that you want it happen. And when these things happen, Sometimes things happen that you you don't you don't want to happen. Sometimes you know uh, there are lots of problems in what you want and things like that. And so these things you know disturb our mind, and you know our mind becomes many times very disturbed and you know uh, unhappy and you know depressed and all sorts of things. Now. Of course, if everything, of course, you have to try to make things better and right, and, uh, but it always doesn't happen that way. So, so then, you know, if something happens that you don't like, then you have to be completely devastated with it, or you can do something about it. So, if you can't change the situation, if you can't change what happens. Uh, you might be able to change something, how you react to it, so that you are not as much dis, you know, uh, disturbed and disparate as you would usually have, would have. So therefore, if you train in this, then um, you, know, you can be a little bit more more accepting and more uh, you know reacting in a positive way uh, in a situation which is not uh, which is not very good otherwise so you can you know you can be in, i mean it's it's the same you know 
uh, two persons go through the same problem or difficulties, and one can go through it without too much problem, and one can go, one can be very much badly affected. No? Why? Because the situation same, yeah. But it's because how we, how we look at it, how we take it, yeah. How we react to that, and so so therefore, you know, there's a possibility to change uh, how we react to a situation. Um, so if, if you look in a certain way, then we can be very negatively affected, and we can be very you know, strongly kind of, uh, in, you know, affected by this negative thing. But if you look in a little, slightly different way, then, you know, you, you become maybe even stronger after that. So these are all, you know, because how we, how we see things and how we look at things and how we react to things. So that's why, you know, these are the trainings of, we hear a lot about the practice. What's the practice? The practice is all these things. It's about learning, yeah? Mm. It's learning, but learning also, like as I said, you know, uh, learning through understanding, because understanding is a very important part. Uh, but then also uh, using that understanding in our life. Yeah? And, uh, you know, like... Um, like just a very simple a- example, like uh, uh, <clears throat> you have a small problem, yeah. you have a small problem, and then you are very affected by this small problem. You are, you know, many times, for instance, we are we are very much um, habitual, habitually, you know, kind of uh, um, totally. Concentrating on the problem, you know. If I say like my watch is uh, something goes wrong, they say, no, my watch is wrong, you know. Oh, oh, when I can make it right, you know. So unless my watch becomes right, I'm kind of, I cannot be in peace, or I cannot be happy, or I cannot think about any other good things. So in this way, if I am, then, you know, maybe now my watch is something wrong and then I can make my watch right but then something else goes wrong and then you know like that and then if I have that habit I can be always uh, perturbed and a little bit uh, anxious and you know unhappy but when I my watch is uh, gone wrong there are lots of good things I have you know, lots of positive things I have like I, my health is good you know I'm okay, and maybe my job is going well, and many other things going well, and so. But I, my mind is totally focused on my watch, and I don't even think about anything else. You know, all good things that I have. But if I made a habit, if I made an effort, uh, when my watch is not working, say. My watch is not working, but my computer is working, so it's it's okay, <laughs> kind of. Then I would not be so badly affected by you know the breaking of my watch. So this is just you know the way uh, my mind is you know working. Yeah. 
So therefore, you know, in this way, you know, uh, that's the practice. Practice is to, uh, to, to, to bring those kind of uh, change our habit. You know, uh, certain things that we, you know, we do not. Uh, we know, you know, we habitually do something that's that's not correct. That that brings problems and that brings difficulties to ourselves and others. Like if I'm too much upset or if I'm too much hurt by too many small things, then it's not good for me and it's not good for everybody else. So when I understand, okay, you know, when I start to react like that, then I say, no, I shouldn't do it like that. It's not the way, you know. So, so if I do that, then actually I'm practicing. We call it practice, but it's actually a training. Yeah. We hear a lot about the spiritual path, but like, what does it mean, and like, how do we know when we're actually on the spiritual path? Actually, there's nothing called spiritual path as such. You know, this is <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you know, lots of things, uh, which is, you know, it's a kind of. Uh, uh, Maybe difficulties of translation. Yeah. Uh, like we call it Dharma in, in, in Sanskrit. You know. uh, it's like a way, a way of life. You know. uh, to, to train in a way of life that uh, prevents you, kind of that, uh, that helps you to, you know, uh, to prevent from falling into some something uh, painful or difficult. That's Dharma. So when you translate Dharma, then you cannot translate Dharma. So they, <laughs> they use spiritual. Uh, and then we say it's a spiritual practice, but uh, I think when you actually really under- try to understand what spiritual practice is, it's a little bit weak, you know. <laughs> but it is all about that in the Buddhism. It's about training on how to work on yourself, yeah? uh, how to see things clearly, how to work on your reactions, your emotions, your habitual tendencies, how to bring more, you know, uh, like uh, positive emotion, like compassion and uh, and. Um, Kindness and you know uh, this kind of way of instead of anger and greed and things like that, and then we call it wisdom. Wisdom we, we call it, and that's 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 important part. That is to 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 really see things very clearly how the things are. You know, uh, so this this is the training actually. I read recently that we should follow a teacher when we're say on this path. Should we follow a teacher? Well, it's like this, you know. <clears throat> like, um, the idea is that uh, we, everybody wants to be, you know, free from suffering. Everybody wants to be happier. Everybody wants to be better, yeah? Uh, and everybody tries. It's not because we don't try. Uh, then why we don't get there? 
is because we don't know how to do it. Yeah. So, so it's very important to learn how to, you know, how to how to become better and how. So, if we find something or somebody who has some understanding or some knowledge or some information, then you know we should learn. Yeah. So it's not that you have to have a teacher. <laughs> you you need a teacher to learn. Yeah. Like everything else, you know, in the university you need a teacher. Otherwise, there will be no university. No. Uh, even for driving a car, you need a teacher. Even playing music, you need a teacher. Swimming, you need a teacher. And now this is also a little bit complicated because you know the teacher cannot many things. Teacher cannot totally kind of put it into you. No, teacher can tell you a little bit from his experience or her experience how to do, and you know give a give a hint. You know. Uh, and then uh, you have to practice and practice and practice. And then, like driving a car, you know, uh, you cannot learn how to drive a car without a teacher who knows how to drive a car. But the teacher cannot just put it into you, you unless you practice and you practice, you practice. You will never learn, no? So it's like that. So, like meditation also. You need a teacher who knows how to meditate a little bit, but just having a teacher doesn't work. You know, you have to you have to learn it yourself, and you have to practice yourself. And actually, you have to learn yourself. The teacher is just, you know, helping you to learn. And I know you mentioned there about wisdom. Does meditation bring us from like the ordinary mind to the mind that's more wise? First. Uh, we need understanding. Uh, there we, we usually, uh, traditionally we talk about three things. Uh, we say listening, reflection and meditation. Listening is actually study. You know, to try to, you know, try to study uh, people who have, uh, you know, understanding or who are supposed to have, you know, Good understanding or uh, great wisdom, or you know, uh, people who are supposed to know. So we call it listening because it's not like uh, you know, uh, like immediately you read somebody and then you start to criticize it, as if you knew everything what he or she was going to say. First, you have to listen carefully what that uh, person's idea was. You know, what what really is this person is trying to communicate. Uh, so, without you know our own too much judgment and too much you know uh, input, yeah, because we have a difficulty to listen. Uh, it's very. I sometimes say like this that we have a little bit like a you know uh, a box you know <laughs> in our in our head, <laughs> yeah. and then if somebody says something or you know if you read something, if it fits in that box, 
then we are very happy. Oh yes, I, I like it because he says exactly what I think. You know? uh, and then if it, it doesn't fit, then either I have to cut the edges or I have to fold it and put it in. I, you know, oh, what he actually means is like this, like this, like this, and then I interpret it and then put it like this. And so, oh, I understand. So it's all my interpretation. Or I say, I don't understand. It's rubbish. You know, so, so, so if I do like this, then we never improve on what we just confirm our own ideas and things like that. We don't learn anything more. So therefore, you know, that listening has to be not that just a rigid box, but, you know, very elastic. <laughs> that we try to really listen carefully and try to understand what they are saying. You know, whether we believe it or not doesn't matter. Whether we agree or not doesn't matter. Really clearly, totally, you know, understand. That's the first to bring, you know, to, to develop our wisdom. Then second, is now if you just listen and then accept it, that wouldn't also in- increase our wisdom. Because that, then we just have accepted certain ideas which uh, we don't really know, you know. Uh, so even if we believed 100%, it wouldn't really, it's not the same as understanding. Yeah, we just believe, but we don't really understand. So then, therefore, we need to reflect on it. Now, reflection means investigating. Now, what we have learned or we have listened. Now, second point is then we we ask questions, we we investigate, we reflect, we look at it from every angle. We ask all kind of questions, and we really, you know, investigate into it and say this is right, this is wrong. So, so all we use, we can use logics, we can use experience, we can use all different kind of things. That's the second part. That will make us then, you know, understand much more clearly. Because then if we have really investigated, we can debate. So that's why <laughs> in Buddhism, debating is, especially in Tibetan Buddhism, debating is, a, is actually a system of education. So we debate so that, you know, uh, one day I take, you know, this time I take the point of view of that particular teacher maybe, and next next time I take the opposite to that, and then we debate. And so it's all trying to, you know, look from every angle. So this way, then I, I get certain kind of, you know, uh, clarity. If it is like this, is it really like this or not like this? So if I understand something, it's very clear. Now it's, It becomes much more clear. So that's the second part, to bring the you know wisdom. But then, now this, even if I have a very clear understanding of something, you know, it must be like this because there's no other, other way I can think can be correct. Then... This, even then, even if I, I see it very clearly, understanding, it's still a concept. And it's an intellectual idea. So, but in this case, from the Buddhist point of view, too, it needs to be not just an intellectual understanding, 
not just a concept, but uh, really experience. So that that's where the meditation comes in. So that understanding, then I, you know, I not only kind of have as an understanding, but make it my way of being. Uh, so that understanding, I kind of use it again and again, and so it becomes, you know, my heart 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 experience. You know, like that's why we say that. The longest journey is from your head to your heart, you know. Uh, not just an experience, but not just an understanding, but as an experience. So, so if that, you know, I understand it must be like this, because I, from whatever, you know, way I look, there's no other way, but this, is, this should be like this. Then if that becomes my way of feeling, my gut feeling, my understanding from the, you know, from the heart. Then I react in that way. Then my emotions can also change accordingly. Uh, so then, that's, that's when we call the wisdom. <laughs> because it's not just a, you know, uh, intellectual understanding, but my, my whole, you know, being, my personality, has kind of a little bit transformed and the way I react also has changed. So this is what we call wisdom. Do you think dancing is a form of meditation or, or therapy? Well, uh, <clears throat> uh, this can, you know, you can do anything, you know, <laughs> uh, all different kind of methods, you know. And uh, and from Buddhist point of view, uh, Buddha said that you know uh, there are different people. And the people are different, so therefore, there can't be just one way. There can't be just one method. Uh, there can't be just one only like path. Uh, so, uh, whatever way whatever instructions, whatever methods, whatever, you know, medium through which you can help people, that's the best way for that person, for that group of people, or things like that. So therefore, you know, uh, from Buddhist point of view, there can be many right ways. There's no one right way, because it's all depending on, you know, people, you know. If if I need dancing, or you know, the dancing helps me better, <laughs> then dancing is a good way. You know, if sitting is better for me, then sitting is good, and walking is better for me than walking. You know, whatever singing, you know, whatever. <laughs> Tibetans have a traditional form of medicine called Tibetan medicine, which is based on the five elements. But can you tell me a little about your own experience of using Tibetan medicine? Tibetan medicine is actually uh, um, basically it's coming from India uh, it's, it's Ayurvedic uh, based on that but then uh, it's also very much based on the Tibetans kind of because Tibet the Himalaya, actually most of the even Ayurvedic uh, you know, medicine herbs are, are growing in the Himalayas you know 
so Tibet has lots of that, and it has since long, you know, has lots of traditions of they knew the herbs and things like that. So the you know the the pre-Buddhistic Tibetan understanding of medicine, plus the Indian uh, uh, medicine med- medical uh, <coughs> teachings, uh, plus Yunani. There, there is also an uh, influence of Yunani medicine in Tibet. And later on, a little bit of Chinese also maybe. So all this together, you know, forms the Tibetan medicine. And uh, they have a very good di- diagnostic, uh, di- diagnostic uh, method, you know, through the pulse, uh, pulse reading. It's a really very, very, I am very impressed by that. Uh, because many times, you know, once I went to, uh, I went back to India, and I think we had like uh, five or six people uh, with me, Westerners, who went to India. And then all of them had certain health problems. And then when we arrived in Delhi, uh, they all wanted to go and see a Tibetan doctor. So we went to see a Tibetan doctor there. And then I was talking to him like this, and then each of them came one and one by one, and then he was just, you know, taking the pulse, and then without them telling him anything about their problems, he was telling them what problem they had. And I knew what problems they had, you know. <laughs> so he was like telling them as if they have, you know, exactly that they had told me, you know. So it's a very, very good, you know, special, really, uh, this uh, pulse rating, which is actually seems to have lost in India because in, even in, uh, in Ayurvedic, they don't have that uh, kind of pulse rating now. So that's, that's a very special thing. Uh, then the, the medicine, I found that there are some very, you know, Tibetan medicine good for many things, you know, many things. But... I found that they're not as good. The effect of the medicine is not as good as the diagnostic. Diagnostic. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe, maybe they they can't get all the ingredients the right way, or you know, a little bit problem because you know, they don't have too much money and they don't have too much facilities. You know, to I don't know why, but I a little bit find that you know, it's not as uh, effective as it's uh, <laughs> they understand the problem <laughs> but actually it's very good in many cases it's good yeah. usually take Tibetan medicine you know most of the time and uh, I also carry uh, some Tibetan medicines when I travel and uh, most of the time I don't have to see doctors <laughs> that's great <laughs> And like, how does say like Tibetan medicine compare with you know like traditional forms of medicine? Uh, Tibetan medicine basically uh, herbs, you can say. Uh, it's not that only herbs; they use um, minerals and they use uh, other things also. But uh, it's very uh, what can you say? It's very simple. <laughs> I think N- not simple. You know, they use all sort of things actually. Uh, it's very traditional before, you know, it's not machine thing, you know, there's no, 
there's no you know machines <laughs> so it's all you know directly coming from the uh, nature you know most of them things uh, yeah so um, but then uh, it's kind of many different it's it has uh, very little side effects because uh, they have they you know like uh, they know how to get rid of the side effects because like if one plant is good for something uh, they not only use that plant they use maybe many others like sometimes seven eight others or sometimes you know even 20 30 other together with it so that it's kind of a, the side effects of that is uh, is not happening so therefore it's very uh, it's very safe i think it's very safe it's not that of course sometimes if you take totally different you know and you know diagnosis then maybe it's not good but you know it doesn't have side effects much and does it work like similar to ayurveda because i know with ayurveda it works in the root cause exactly yeah exactly uh, looks at the root cause and then works there but sometimes it affects very quickly i mean it's it's uh, almost instantly mm. once uh, i have one one medicine which is called tita tita jepa we call it tita et and uh, this is a very good medicine which is uh, you know very good for digestion and you know if a little problems of uh, overeating or, <laughs> or something wrong then you know Uh, but uh, it also has certain elements there that it's good for like uh, uh what can you say uh if you get uh, <coughs> i don't get the word now uh you know if you get uh, if you have a allergy of certain kind you know oh yeah and things like that uh, so once uh, you know I was in a in a very remote place in the Pyrenees, and uh, uh, my driver uh, was a lady, and uh, so she, you know, in the middle of the night, she was knocking my door, and then I opened, and then she had, you know, she had her her face swollen, you know, completely, and she said, and now I am like this, and I have an allergy, and if I don't get proper treatment, uh, in a few hours i might die you know and we are very far away from <laughs> from the doctors or you know hospitals and i cannot drive <laughs> so so i didn't know what to do so i i gave one of these medicine to her and i could actually see you know her this uh, swollen thing facing going going back to normal almost see and in about half an hour the whole swollen gone and she could go back to sleep and then she took that medicine few times and she was completely okay so some of them are very good well very good. do you think there is like a connection between the mind and the body rinpoche of course there's a uh, uh, <clears throat> mind and body are you know uh, completely interconnected you know from buddhist point of view actually everything is interconnected <laughs> 
and uh, interdependent, independently arising. But of course, mind and body are very, very connected. So, you know, if something happens to your body, it affects our mind. And if our mind can totally affect our body. So, so therefore, you know, uh, this is also one thing, you know, like meditation, or, you know, when you work on our, our peace of mind, or, you know, on a positive uh, way of uh, seeing and, you know, uh, managing our emotions, that would also help our body, you know, and uh, uh, we can sometimes heal our body, uh, maintain uh, <clears throat> good health and you know, happiness and youthfulness and power and things like that. I think in yoga they say that all disease starts yes. in the mind. Yes, and also therefore, you know, if you don't... Uh, you know, if you misuse your body, then it also affects <laughs> your, your mind. For people looking into the past, they might find it hard to, to make peace with the past, especially, say, if they feel, like, angry and regretful about it. Would you have any suggestions for people how they could make peace with the past? Well, I think the, the first thing we try to... We try to understand is that you know that past is past <laughs> and something and past you know there are lots of things happened in the past and uh, good things happened bad things happened and uh, sometimes you know lots of good things happened also in the past but we don't remember them you know uh, and maybe some bad things happened and we kind of hold on to them that is also one problem, you know. It's not just about the past, but, you know, how we, how we hold on, what kind of past we focus on. That is also a big issue, yeah? So we need to understand that this is, you know, this is how it is. In the past is lots of things, not just one or two bad things, you know. Lots of good things, lots of bad things. Some bad things happened also. But whatever happened, of course it has its effect, but it's gone. And it you cannot bring it back, except in memory. And so therefore, it is, uh, there is no other way but let it be. Yeah. Uh, now the past has its effect, but, you know, how 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 much effect and how it affects is not about what happened, but how you look at it. Yeah. Uh, if something very bad happened, or very hard time you had in the past, you can say that oh, I am I am the person I am the one who had this hard time. You know, I am like this. I am like that. I have been all this. In Nobody had these problems. I am the one. I am the victim. I am. Then you know you hold on to that, and you you know you you kind of try to you keep that. You don't let go of that experience. You know. But if you say, "Oh, I had very difficult time," but thank God it's not there now. You know, it's gone. It's the past. Then you are actually 
happier because of the past. You know, uh, it was a very bad time. It was a very hard time, but now it's not there. You know, it's so it can actually make you more happier or more stronger or more. You know, so it's it depends on how you look at the, you know, how you look at that past. Uh, if you identify with that, then it becomes, you know, I am that one which had that experience. But if you look at it as something happened and gone, and you let it go, you know, lots of things happen to you. Yeah, it's not like that. <laughs> so then, you know, you can let go of the past and, you know, have even, you know, even be, even come out more stronger from that experience. So this is, but this, you know, there are lots of different pressures on you, you know. Also the society. Society can actually, I think, give lots of, what can you say, um, wrong information, you know. Like, oh, you are like that. Oh, you are the one who is the victim. So they know I am the one who is the victim. Because most of the things what I feel I am, it's not coming from my, you know, understanding. It's it's been told. We have been fed with this all information. What I, you know, so people say you are like this. Oh, I am like this. You are like that, and I am like that. And then, then I actually, you know, I say, you know, I think I am Ringutruku and I am Tibetan and I am like that. But I don't know if I'm Ringutuku. I don't know if I'm Tibetan, you know. Uh, people told me you are Tibetan, so I say I'm Tibetan, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? So many other things like that, you know. So we kind of hold on to what has been fed in. And then we, we think it's really our, you know, feeling or experience. So this, I think, there's lots of things like that. So this is also part of the wisdom and part of understanding. And and sometimes it's very difficult to let it go because we are so strongly habituated with that, you know. If I become, you know, like this is like this, I am like this, you know, I cannot do anything. I cannot let go. I cannot be happy, you know. I am not lovable, you know. So if, you know, if you keep that as... then. It's very difficult to change, you know, because you have already identified. So this, if you understand that it's not like that, you know, I'm just like anybody else. You know. So, you know, some people can love me, some people don't love me. I can do something if I try. I, it might happen. Some things don't. I'm not the best, but I'm not the worst. You know, <laughs> we are all like that. So. If if I you know tr- start to see things in a slightly different way, and then you know we need lots of training there. I think lots of you know, because changing our habits is very difficult. I know you touched on about letting go, but how come a lot of people have inability to let go of certain situations? So this is this is also, I think, understanding. Understanding is very important, but then that's where the practice comes in. You know. Practice comes in because practice means like you you kind of uh, do it again and again and again because like 
Like for instance, you know, I have some. If I have a like a bad habit, you know, and then first I need to recognize that this is my bad habit. If I say that if I have a like a short temper, for instance, I get angry by for nothing, and then uh, you know I need to know that yes, <laughs> I, I I get angry for very small things, you know, and then I need to know that it's not necessary to get angry because if I get angry, it's not good for me, it's not good for anybody, and it actually uh, gives me lots of pain. Yeah. And it doesn't actually solve any problem, but makes more problem. So therefore, you know. So, but it was my habit. So immediately, somebody says something or does something. So any every time I get angry, I have to remind myself. Oh yes, it's not. It's it's not a good thing. I I don't need to do that. I have to you know. So I kind of even if I have maybe already said something or done something. With that, but then I say no. So I start to little bit, you know, le- easier to, you know, first maybe I don't control it, but I, I don't keep it long. Then slowly, slowly, maybe even when before I am about to do something or say something, I recognize and then I don't do it or I don't say it. Then slowly, I, you know. I don't even need to have this, you know, way of um, emotion or expression. So you know, that's what we call training. Yeah. A lot of people have been hurt in the past as well. But how would you suggest, say, for them to be able to come into a place of forgiveness for that person or even compassion as well? You know. The understanding is that uh, uh, hurt is is basically, you know, I let myself hurt. Uh, we think that, you know, like if if my enemy does something, I am less hurt. But if my friend does something bad, I get very hurt. No, why? <laughs> When my enemy does something bad, I I think, yeah, that's his job. You know, he's my enemy, so <laughs> he's doing his job. So I don't get so hurt. You know, I feel maybe angry and upset. But if my friend does something, then I get very hurt because I don't expect that. You know. So this already is, you know, how I hurt is not what happens, but how I react. Yeah. So therefore, you know, everybody, you know, has their own problems. Everybody has uh, weaknesses. Everybody has lots of negative emotions. Everybody is uh, has their own problems, yeah, and their emotions. Sometimes they they have to express those emotions. So therefore, if somebody is angry at me, or you know. Upset with me or something like that. If I see that, oh, this person is having a problem today. You know, he's having a not a good time. So, so you know, he's he's having a problem. So, if I can see like that, 
I don't need to get hurt because I know that you know the problem is he has a problem, you know, and when he has a problem, he's under the under the influence of that emotion. So therefore, you know, it's like somebody drunk or somebody drugged or somebody having a, you know going through a very difficult time. If, if I see it like that, then what's what the action of that person? Not necessarily I have to take it so personally. And even I can I can feel that, you know, empathy for this person, you know. Oh yeah, today now yes, he's he is not in very good situation, you know, because otherwise you won't get angry and upset and, you know. <laughs> so so therefore it's it's a lot to do with that, you know. And then also how much hurt I feel is up to me. If I if I say that you know, uh, there is no guarantee that people have to do all good things and nice things. Even my beloved ones, you know, they can also because under the influence of very negative emotions and you know, certain too much of their own something, you know, selfishness or self-centeredness, they can do lots of bad things. So if I understand deeply. It's not necessary that I need to get so much hurt from that. Anyway, if I get hurt, if I hurt, it's not good for me. I don't, you know, it is not good for anybody else. It doesn't do any good. So I, I, I sometimes say this, and for me, I think it works. You know, I say I refuse to get hurt. You know, I refuse to get hurt because. There's really no reason to get so much hurt, uh, because you know if people do something not so good, you know it's it's up to them. It's up to them. How much I hurt, it's up to me. Yeah. <laughs> so if I don't get too much hurt, it's much better for me. Yeah. So there's nothing like you know somebody does something and I have to get that much of hurt or how much hurt there's no no there's no no exact kind of thing you know <laughs> i can be very hurt i can be little hurt i can be not hurt yeah and if i'm not hurt it's much better for me you know? and better for the person also you know sometimes actually, actually they don't really mean to hurt me but you know they do something or say something or you know just because they they are in a certain situation and they want to do something or they like something or they don't want something and then that makes me very hurt but actually there's no reason you know so i cannot i cannot change everybody's like and don't like you know it's not that you know everybody has to do exactly what i want yeah it can't be it's not possible Everybody has their wishes and their wants and their don't wants. So therefore, if somebody does something what they want, it's not necessary that I have to get hurt. Yeah. So if I really understand and see this a little bit more deeply, I think it helps me not to get so much hurt. And then the forgiveness is, you know, forgiveness is is um, really basically. You know, what they do is up to them. You know, so I don't need to be. You know, 
I don't need to be totally, you know, what can you say, uh, affected by that. Yes, whatever happened, happened. It's okay. Uh, then I forgive. I don't need to take revenge. I don't need to, you know, uh, make something, you know. I just let it go. You know, that's forgiving. I don't say that's very good. Sometimes it can be not good, but you know, so what? What, what can I do? <laughs> you know? So, so I think forgiveness is is very important in that sense that you know, you don't, you don't, you decide not to keep it. Yeah, because if you keep it, something happened, and then you keep it in a very bad way and very negative way. Then you can keep it for a long time. And it, you can make it even bigger, you know, like in your imagination. You know. Even small thing you can think about it, think about it, think about it, and then sometimes, you know, the whole, your whole experience becomes that. Because you know, if your mind is only thinking about something, that's your whole life. In regard to say happiness, what do you think stops us from experiencing happiness in our lives? I think it's like this, you know. Uh, happiness is, uh, as I said before, you know, uh, it's not like too much excitedness, you know, uh, because if you too much excited, then there's always a fall, you know. Then you have the more happiness, more unhappiness. Yeah, uh, but sometimes we call it peace of mind. Peace of mind is that you kind of you know how things are. You accept that, and you you know you allow yourself to be okay in whatever situation. Yeah, uh, you know that uh, you you know this. There's a folktale story. You know these three bears, and you know it takes the the first one takes the soup and says it's too hot, and the last one takes it and it's too cold, and then. It's, the third one takes and says, it's just right for me. <laughs> A little bit like that, you know. If you say, you know, if you kind of take things, if you take things, whatever, as it is, and it's okay, then you are, you are happy, you know. You are not, uh, you know, uh, you are not expecting too much, you are not, uh, you know, have too much aversion, too much fear, too much aversion, too much kind of, uh, this has to be exactly, you know, too much at- clinging, or, you know, attachment. Then you kind of, uh, you learn to, you learn to be okay in any situation. And when you are like that, then you can be okay, yeah? Because then you are, you have your peace of mind. You know, you, your mind is not disturbed. So when your mind is not disturbed, naturally you have, you know, you have, you have joy also. You know, when your mind finds the peace, you have also joy. Like, you know, even we go to the like a nice uh, nature or you know forest or a mountain or 
near the sea or lake or things like that, it's very natural, then our mind becomes little calm and, you know, natural, and then we, we feel joy, no? So this is, from Buddhist point of view, we, we think that this kind of, a, the joy, you can call it happiness if you like, the joy, the creativity, the kindness, you can call it compassion, are the natural qualities of our mind. But we are so disturbed usually, and so busy, we don't give, you know, we don't give chance to, to express that, you know. We are too busy and too, you know, too much involved and too much, you know. Um, so therefore when we become more peaceful, then naturally we become more joyful, we become more kind, and when we are joyful and kind, then also mind becomes very creative, and that's actually the natural state of our mind. And also clear. The more calm you are, the more clear your mind becomes. So therefore, that's, you know, also when we try to meditate, is trying to cultivate that also, the you know, true nature of our mind. And is it possible to experience that peace and joy when life is maybe going against us. That's the, that's the effort. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, usually, you know, we are so, so busy, you know, our mind especially is so busy because it's always either running after something or running away from something, you know, and then very, very busy and not getting it, about to get it, you know, uh, losing it, about to lose something, you know, so it's always tension, yeah. So in that ca- in that way, then we can never get really peace. Yeah? Uh, so if we learn how to you know, how to not always in that kind of a state of tension, uh, not always only running after something or running away from something, then naturally you know we feel more more calm and more clear and more more peaceful and. And if we get very, very used to it, then they say that you know, even the worst things happens, it can't disturb your mind. But that's not uh, easy to get, I think. But, you know, that's the idea. Would you have any advice, say, for somebody going through anxiety or depression say, in their lives? Yeah. I think we have to work uh, step by step. You know, it's not that as soon as you do something, you know, everything... Uh, we have to, like, if somebody is, you know, I've I've seen lots of people with depression, and uh, <clears throat> it's very difficult when you are in depressed because you know, when you are depressed, whatever you say, they take it in a wrong way, <laughs> and uh, in a very personal way, and you know, uh, <laughs> it doesn't, uh, you know, it's very difficult. You know. uh, once I was, uh, I was saying something like, um, <clears throat> you know, I told a story actually. I told a story about somebody, a lady, who had, um, you know, who had, who was a wheelchair lady and, you know, uh, some disabilities. And so therefore she was very, you know, depressed. 
And then um, I read this somewhere. And then one day she she travels. She travels some very far away place. And there she saw a person uh, who had uh, you know completely you know cut off both the legs at the at the you know really at the you know the the root and uh, just put a kind of leather on the you know on the on the the lower part of her body and then he was just you know not even had a wheelchair you know on the on the road was just on the there was some planks and then moving on the road and then but he was you know he was joking and he was talking and he was you know very jolly and happy and you know and you know talking with everybody and you know making jokes and things like that and when she saw this person she felt very inspired you know, she said that if this person can be so happy why can't i be because you know i am in many ways much better than this person because <laughs> so then she said that okay now from now onwards i will i will try to do something that's you know helping somebody every day so she said that she took up some you know things like charity and thing so she every day she was you know she was trying to do something good so she was busy trying to think what to do and things so so she forgot about being depressed <laughs> she was not depressed anymore but she became really very good and you know working for lots of things and lots of projects and things like that and she became very successful and also very happy so i told this story and then when i told this story i saw that somebody a lady was was shedding tears and i didn't understand why and then later on somebody told me why are you know why this person is very hurt by what you said because you said that she is not uh, uh, compassionate enough i said no i never said she is not compassionate enough <laughs> and then i went to talk to her and she said well i i don't think you you wanted to say this but i felt that you know when you were telling this story you were you were telling me that i am not compassionate enough because i am depressed so you know sometimes they can take it like that you know uh, so it's it's very difficult you know to to make them understand but i think what they have to do is try to first i think a little bit less afraid of you know the uh, sometimes sometimes you 